As we grow in our Catholic faith, we grow in the understanding that the gospel is focused not just on our love for God, but on God's love for us. Our job is to respond to that divine love. To help us do so well, Holy Mother Church has dedicated the month of June to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. I'm Aaron Earhart for Mater Dei Radio, and to help us understand the devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus better, I'm joined by Father Eric Anderson, pastor of St. Stephen's Catholic Church here in Portland. Father, thank you for taking the time to join us in the studio today. It's great to be back. Uh, firstly, would you mind giving us a little bit of background just on the devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus? Yeah, this uh, devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus um, actually, I guess we could say, goes way, way back. But uh, in particular, in, in the modern age, we would associate it with St. John Eudes, and then more specifically with St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, who was a, uh, what was she, a visitation nun in France in the 1600s. And she began to have um, visions and allocutions of, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who spoke to her about devotion to his sacred heart. Mm. And, uh, and there's a lot of symbology to the sacred heart, just in and of itself, the way we see it with flames and the cross coming out of the top. Mm -hmm. Could you describe some of that for us? Right. So we have the crown of thorns right. around the heart, which is piercing the heart so that the heart is uh, suffering. Right. the pain of the crown of thorns. And I guess we could say there is suffering from the mockeries of mankind and the rejection of mankind. And also, um, I guess the attacks, mm -hmm. uh, upon our Lord from, from humanity. And yet the heart is a flame. So there's fire coming out of the, of the heart and there's the cross coming out of the heart. So there's the suffering, there's the flame, which refers to the love of our Lord, and it's a love that's not necessarily returned. And so that's our devotion then to the Sacred Heart is to make reparation for those who don't love him. Okay. So the idea here, and it's interesting because the Feast of the Sacred Heart falls on Friday, a week after Corpus Christi. Mm. So historically, there was a whole octave of Corpus Christi that starts on Thursday. Mm -hmm. So Corpus Christi Thursday, which is a commemoration of Holy Thursday. Right. The United States for a long time, I mean, back even into the 19th century, it was, it was uh, celebrated on Sunday as an external solemnity, but that was because it was a whole octave. Mm -hmm. You had a whole octave of Corpus Christi, so you could do a procession you know, on the set on the Thursday, on the Friday, on the Saturday, the Sunday, whichever mm. day worked. Okay. And the United States, since we were in a Catholic country, wasn't likely the people would have Thursday off work uh, to do a procession like they do in other countries. So it was done here on the weekend. So but even so, we have this whole octave of Corpus Christi historically, and then the day after the octave completes, then Friday, we have sacred heart mm. and then historically there's a whole octave of the sacred heart mm. and it's not that the faithful would necessarily be uh doing something each of those days but the priests and religious would be and you know back in the day there were a lot of priests right. and there were a lot of religious yeah. i mean just like thousands more uh in our own country than there are today so you think about that even if just all the monasteries and the convents were having adoration and special devotions that week. But there's where our Lord speaks to St. Margaret Mary. Mm. And this is what he says. Behold that heart that has loved men so much 
That's what we think about the Sacred Heart. Behold that heart which has loved men so much. But he continues, Behold that heart that has loved men so much and receives from them in exchange nothing but coldness, indifference, and sin. And what makes me suffer most is that even souls consecrated to me treat me that way. Those are the Oof. words, yeah, of our Lord to St. Margaret Mary. So even what makes me suffer most is that even souls consecrated to me treat me that way. So we think about that mm. just in terms of the devotion of priests and religious to the sacred heart. And of course, it's it's very humbling that none of us is capable of giving our Lord what we wish we could. You know, none of us has the prayer life we wish we had. Right. And even priests and religious. And I was reflecting on this this morning. You think about Carmelite nuns or poor Claire nuns, or you, you think about the cloistered nuns and, and the monks and the religious who, you know, they might have some active work, but sure. when the bell rings, they drop it and they go to pray. And that discipline helps them, you know, they, and the more contemplative cloistered religious, well, you know, they spend a lot of their time in prayer. But even there, that they are called to something greater. So to whom more is given, more is expected, right? So you think about that. Well, gosh, the Carmelite nuns or, you know, these various religious orders that spend, you know, all their time in prayer. But even there, their minds might be distracted. They might be thinking about lunch. Sure. They might be thinking about, you know, the the icon that they're writing that they set down to leave for prayer or, you know, a letter they were composing or, you know, whatever it is they're working on, it, their minds might be distracted. Their hearts might be divided. And so even there, uh, do they return to, to the Lord, the love that he desires? Well, on one hand, you know, God understands the limitations of our humanity. At the same time, Reparation needs to be made, and our Lord takes that upon himself mm. for us. It's his prompting that we're drawn to make reparation then. Right. And, and it's, and it's a, and a special gift that we have a feast day that allows us to do so, because it's easier to set aside one day to do that. All right, for one day, I can focus my attention on devotion to the Sacred Heart. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not like saying, well, every day, you know, if it's every day, then I'm, I'm certainly going to fall short, like most days. But if it's one day, I can focus my attention for one day on devotion to the Sacred Heart. Mm-hmm. And I could even do so once a month on a Friday. I could, focus, I could focus one day a month on a first Friday for devotion to the Sacred Heart. He's Father Eric Anderson, pastor of St. Stephen's Catholic Church here in Portland, and he's joining us today to talk about the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And you just segued us perfectly right into <laughs> the First Friday's devotion. Now, this is a fairly well-known devotion, but it's also strangely not a widely practiced one. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about the, the First Fridays. We get big crowds on, on First Friday. I wasn't, I wasn't impugning you, Father. No, 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 I know. <laughs> but even so, when yeah. you think about... And you think about the num the percentage of the population that is Catholic, right? And then the percentage of Catholics who even go to mass every Sunday, and then the percentage mm-hmm. that actually go to mass, the percentage of those that actually do the nine First Fridays, you know, it it gets smaller and smaller, right? And that that's not to 
That's not to shame anyone. Although a little shame, a little guilt can be very helpful. Because <laughs> <laughs> we all know that we should be, you know, there, we all have sure. things we would like to do that we don't get around to. Absolutely. So a little guilt, a little Catholic guilt is good. <laughs> it helps us. But the idea here is that we make reparation for sins against the Eucharist. And mm. that's why the Sacred Heart falls right after the octave of Corpus Christi. Ah, okay. So, and that's one of the complaints that our Lord makes to St. Margaret Mary, is that, you know, priests who, who celebrate Mass in an irreverent manner, or who treat the Blessed Sacrament in an irreverent manner. So, we make reparation for that mm -hmm. by means of um, a communion of reparation. I might be confusing the first Saturdays with the first Fridays there. But but we make reparation through um, through our devotion to mm -hmm. the Sacred Heart. And, and then that is connected to the devotion to the Immaculate Heart. We come to Jesus through Mary, to the Sacred Heart through the Immaculate Heart. So we have the nine first Fridays, mm -hmm. and we have the five first Saturdays. The idea there is basically it gets you to go to confession once a month. And, and if we're going to confession once a month, then our spiritual lives can actually make some progress. Mm -hmm. You know, if we're only going to confession once a year, which is the minimum, one of the precepts of the church, we go to confession at least once a year during the Easter season so that we can go to communion at least once a year in a state of grace. But that's, that's just the bare minimum to say that you're a Catholic in good standing. Mm -hmm. but that's, you're not making any progress in the spiritual life if you're only going to confession once a year. Right. Well, Father, we are coming up against our break, and uh, we've barely scratched the surface. Would you mind staying with us through the next half hour so we can continue our conversation? I better do so. Okay, great. I'm continuing now my conversation with Father Eric Anderson, pastor of St. Stephen's Catholic Church here in Portland. And we're discussing devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and its tie to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and we were just talking about reparation, reparation for sins against against our Lord in the Eucharist specifically. Tell us a little bit about more about the First Fridays, because we were just about to get there when we had to go to a break. Okay. Well, the First Fridays are connected to the 12 promises mm -hmm. of the Sacred Heart of Jesus to St. Margaret Mary. So the idea here is that we would enthrone an image of the Sacred Heart in our homes. So that if he is if he is not acknowledged as king in our nation, he would at least be acknowledged as king in our home and with our family. But even if you haven't done so, you can still do the nine first Fridays, but that rounds it out. The idea is that he's the king of our home and that he's king of our hearts so that we wouldn't place ourselves above God, that we would actually place you know, when we say thy will be done to the Father, that that we mean it and we embrace that. And so all of these external things can help us to get into the internal. Right. You know, we're human beings. You know, we might say, oh, I can love God in my heart, but then as I'm out and about living my life, I just sort of forget about all that. Well, our hearts are going to forget about that too. So it's helpful when we have a crucifix in a room we're reminded, oh yeah, I'm a Catholic. Uh, when we have the Sacred Heart of Jesus enthroned in our homes, we remember, oh yeah, I, I shouldn't be watching these things on TV. 
or I shouldn't be, you know, I should remember to eat fish on Fridays or, you know, whatever it is. Uh, and then as we, um, as we make these nine first Fridays, which basically means you go to confession, you receive Holy Communion in a state of grace, and the, you pray some devotion to the, to the Sacred Heart. So you go, to, you go to your parish church where they're doing the devotion of the Sacred Heart on the first Fridays, and that helps you to fulfill that. Mm-hmm. But then our Lord makes promises. So if we do these things, then these are the promises. And it's not so much like, you do this and I'll do this back. It's more right. like, you do this, and these are the things that will result from that. Mm. So the first promise is, I will give them all the graces necessary in their state of life. Second, I will establish peace in their homes. The third, I will comfort them in all their afflictions. The fourth, I will be their secure refuge during life, and above all, in death. The fifth, I will bestow abundant blessings upon all their undertakings. Which might mean, an abundant blessing on all your undertakings might mean that if you're not undertaking something that God wants you to, it will fail. And that's a blessing. (laughs) Thank God I failed at this because it's not what I was supposed to do. Uh That's a blessing upon all my undertakings. Mm. Uh, The sixth, sinners will find in my heart the source and infinite ocean of mercy. The seventh promise, lukewarm souls shall become fervent. The eighth, fervent souls shall quickly mount to high perfection. Nine, I will bless every place in which an image of my heart is exposed and honored. The tenth, I will give to priests the gift of touching the most hardened hearts. The eleventh, those who shall promote this devotion shall have their names written in my heart. And twelfth, I promise you in the excessive mercy of my heart that my all-powerful love will grant to all those who receive Holy Communion on the first Fridays in nine consecutive months, the grace of final perseverance. They shall not die in my disgrace, nor without receiving their sacraments. My divine heart shall be their safe refuge in this last moment. Well, if that's not motivation to start doing the first Fridays, I don't know what is, uh, because like half of those would be amazing. Yeah. We're speaking with Father Eric Anderson, pastor at St. Stephen's Catholic Church here in Portland, and we're discussing devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Um, there's many aspects of this devotion, but you mentioned one thing, uh, king of our hearts. For a, a country that is not used to having a king, we see, you know, we're a, we call ourselves a democracy, we're a republic, you know, right. voting, independent, that rugged right. individualism yeah. style of thing you see in a yeah. lot of, of American culture. Having a king is is maybe a foreign concept to some American Catholics. Well, maybe a, a good way to put that is is that he's the father of our hearts. You know, a king right. is a father, right? Basically, and if we look at the example, the best examples of kings or emperors, we find loving fathers like mm-hmm. Blessed Karl of Austria, okay, who is an emperor and a king, yeah. and actually consecrated his his family. I think his his marriage to the Sacred Heart. Immaculate Heart, and uh, of course, a lot of people, a lot of Catholics have a great devotion to him, yeah, and a and a great hope for a sense of restoration of Christendom. Now, the idea there is that it's true we don't live in a in a monarchy, but there is there's a romance about this sense of of the return of the true King, mm. who will come to make everything right once more, and he will. 
you know, he will conquer the wicked and and cast them from their false thrones. Right. And he will restore peace and justice in the land. You know, you can just look at Tolkien yeah. and the return of the king and this sure. everybody's rooting that Aragon will, you know, be restored yeah. to his rightful throne. Mm-hmm. And there's this sense of hope that if the right man, if the rightful king is on his throne, then all will be well. And it it's when a father, a loving father is is the spiritual head of his family and living a, a holy life and sanctifying grace and respectful and loving and honoring his wife and caring for his right. children and providing, you know, then everybody's everybody's at peace in that in that home. Mm-hmm. A right ordered relationship ordered to the Lord. Right. Yeah. And and so that's where these promises of the sacred heart for those who have a devotion to him and who practice these nine first Fridays. If, if the Lord is King of our homes and of our hearts, then regardless of how dysfunctional our family might be, regardless of how our country might be falling apart or the world, is it, you know, conflict and chaos and our city is just, you know, mm-hmm. state of disorder and yeah. whatever. Well, but if he's the king of my heart, well, I'll be at peace and I'll have what it takes to get through whatever, whatever comes. The peace not as the world gives it. Exactly. Right? He's Father Eric Anderson, pastor of St. Stephen's Catholic Church here in Portland. We could go on and on and on, but we have a show to do. So before we go, <laughs> would you uh, leave us with a prayer and your blessing, Father? Yes. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. O Sacred Heart of Jesus for whom it is impossible not to have compassion on the afflicted, have pity on us poor sinners, and grant us the grace which we ask of you through the sorrowful and immaculate heart of Mary, your tender mother, and ours. Amen. Amen. O most sacred heart of Jesus, make our hearts like unto thine. O most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. O most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. O most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Namani Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Father, thank you so much for taking the time to come in and join us today. Ah, so fun to be here. It's been a while.